Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here with another edition of our Preps podcast. Kyle Nedner up here from the Indy Star, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network, and we're into uh, week five of the high school football season, uh, the official midway point of uh, the regular season anyway. And, and Logan, uh, it's been a good week, uh, or last week was a good week anyway for, for Avon, and I wanted to start there. Uh, I was at that game, Avon a 7-3 to winner uh, over Brownsburg in that big game in Hendricks County. And, you know, I took away from that game that, that both defenses played really well. I also took away, you know, I wasn't sure. I kind of wrote this the other day, but kind of walking through the parking lot after the game, I wasn't sure what I saw exactly as far as, you know, was that were those just two exceptional defenses? Uh, I expected more out of the offenses. I think both coaches did too. They expected more points on the board. Uh, so I don't know whether to write that up necessarily to just great defense or the offenses were, weren't quite clicking. Uh, both quarterbacks struggled somewhat. Henry Hessen and, and uh, Ben Easters wasn't all their fault. They didn't have a whole lot of openings uh, to throw the ball, and uh, multiple reasons for that, I think. Uh, and then, uh, you know, so, so it's one of those things where I guess the point I'm trying to make is Avon's been ranked number one. I'm sure they will be uh, when the new rankings come out this week. Uh, they'll probably hang on to that spot after that big win. But is that a real number one team? Is 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 that a, a team that can win state? Um, you know, I, and I think it, I think it can be. Uh, but I guess you know, I'll throw that question out to you: Is is do you think Avon is is a is a is a true number one team at this point? Uh, I I, th- I think they definitely uh, are a number one team. I think for just the fact of saying, you know, who else? Who else? Who else would deserve that? Maybe uh, you you can make an argument for someone like Warren Central or Carmel. Uh, but I, I think when it comes down to, I think Avon, when you don't lose and when you beat Brownsburg like that, I said even if it was a low-scoring game, we know that we know that Avon's pretty good, and and I think it's a team that uh, for sure could win a state championship, uh, especially with with how it's all drawn up for them. I just have to get through Brownsburg. That's always a tough game, and uh, like you said, it, it, it definitely caught a lot of people off guard. Even the final score <laughs> being seven to three, with, with how prolific those offenses are. Uh, so, so it does raise some question marks on on the was the offense just not clicking or or was the defense really that good on both of these teams? And I think it might be a little bit of both. And I think the defensive line of Avon is very legit. Uh, you know, with Nathaniel James up front, um, you know, the, the, Ross England, you know, multiple guys up front all, all along that line. They're they're really really good, and I thought Brownsburg was too. Uh, you know, midway through the third quarter, it's three nothing, and and you felt like Brownsburg was kind of in command a little bit. And then all of a sudden Avon gets the ball back and boom, boom, boom up the middle for three plays. And that was their touchdown. And Krishan McCray gave him a little bit of a spark at running back, uh, slightly built sophomore and very speedy. But uh, you felt like Brownsburg come away from that game. I know John Hart felt this way, but they just could not spring uh, Donnie Marcus. You know, he, he had a good night. His stats were good, 105 yards rushing. Uh, but nothing over 13. His longest run was 13 yards, and that was, I think, his first run of the game, actually, was 13 yards. So only two runs over 10 yards in that game. So they just could not figure out a way uh, to get him a long run and kind of 
be that game breaker type of guy. And they've got some we- good weapons. Luke Lacey uh, at receiver, and uh, you know they've got some really good. They've got a freshman coming up, uh, Donnie Marcus's younger brother, who who made a big play late in that game. So they've got the weapons. I'm really curious. You know, like we talked about before the show, only one of these two teams is going to come out of that <laughs> sectional, and I got to think it's going to be one or the other, but. I think Brownsburg probably comes away feeling like, dang it, you know, we're right there. And uh, but the big one is is later to come. And and you know, we saw last year Avon beat Brown. Or, I'm sorry, Brownsburg beat Avon in the regular season. Totally flipped the script in the in the sectional and, and blew them out. Uh, but I think you know, and I'm not biased against low scoring games. I'm not one of those guys that just because low scoring <laughs> was a bad game. But you know, I, I again come away from that feeling like you know, man, where's the explosive plays? And, and I've covered enough state title teams to know you got to have those type of guys and I think both teams do have them we just didn't necessarily see them uh, spring for those big plays on Friday night <laughs> yeah no it's definitely interesting like we, I mean it, it was seven to three and, and really just kind of one one quick successful drive for Avon that punched it through for them mm-hmm. and and uh, Brownsburg really has to has to be taking this one this one tough I mean uh, with coming off the loss last year in sectionals uh, kind of ended their undefeated season and then this year losing it in such a close fashion as well when this is kind of the game that was circled on their calendar uh how are you, you going to rebound from this that's really what i'm interested in is how's how's brownsburg going to rebound uh if we do get to see an avon brownsburg game in sectional again uh, i think that's what every viewer in, in central indiana would like to see uh but but yeah it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be tough for for brownsburg to come back and, and that's a team that i think for sure is a top five team in the state i mean uh, with, with all the weapons that they have you mentioned uh, with Ben Easters and Donnie Marcus and, and a really good defense as well, holding uh, Avon's offense to only seven points. So uh, it's it's a team that that we know is strong, but how are they going to respond now when this was a really big uh, kind of gut check for them? Yeah, and you mentioned how they respond. They they have to play Fishers on Friday. Uh, Fishers four and zero going into that game, and and defensively has been phenomenal. Maybe the best team in the state defensively. Now they haven't played a. They haven't played their biggest games yet, but they have Brownsburg this week, and then they host Avon next week. So kind of back-to-back, we'll find out how good Rick Wimmer's team is uh, the next two weeks, basically. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat one of those two teams, and I I don't know if they can beat both of them, but I think maybe they could could win one of those games. Their offense – they run the ball fairly well, and uh, you know they've been they've been efficient. They've caused turnovers, and they haven't turned it over a whole lot. You know, I guess the question is, do they have enough offense? And then they handled HSE. I thought very impressive, twenty-seven to six win over their rival on Friday. They beat North Central uh, early in the season. That first game, I think, opened some eyes with that twenty-six uh, nothing win. They've they've just been really really solid so far, and they'll go to Brownsburg, I'm sure, with a lot of confidence. Friday night, looking to uh, looking to spring. I you know I, I would assume that's kind of an ups, uh, an upset if they win it, but I think very capable team of, of of doing just that. Yeah, there's always a team that that sprouts every year that that catches everyone off guard. Last year was North Central. This year it's it's, it's Fishers, I mm-hmm. believe. I mean, starting out four and I mentioned their wins already against, ironically, North Central, and uh, their their handling of HSC, which is usually a really tough grinded out game. Uh, but it, it, I, I agree with you. I think that they're more than capable of taking uh, a game against Brownsboro or Avon. Uh, it's a team that definitely you should keep your eye on. 
Uh, if they're not, you know, one of the best teams in the HCC, then then there's a lot of parity. I can tell you that. Right. So uh, it's a team to keep your eye on. We aren't sure exactly how good they are if they're in kind of that top tier or if they're you know hovering in that second tier. But we're going to find out. Yeah, and Westfield, another team that's four and zero right now, out of that same conference, uh, they go to HSC. That'll be probably their toughest game to date uh, so far. But another team been really rolling up the points. Eli Patchett is a uh, running back that has really kind of come on for them, plays linebacker as well. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game in the HCC. But, you know, Logan wanted to talk a little bit too about uh, the the MIC. Um, I know that's uh, kind of where the games you're at every Friday night. I thought one of the one of the big games that, that we saw Friday was, was Center Grove, uh, you know, getting their first win. And close game at halftime against Ben Davis it was 13-7. They come out. And really put it on them in the second half. Ends up being forty-eight to twenty. They rush for three hundred something <laughs> yards without Carson Steele. Uh, so this is a team. I think we knew, you know, kind of even in that zero and three start, uh, kind of what they had, and, and they had not like they played that poorly in their first three games, but they're able to get that win. And now, you know, maybe we'll see that that machine start to get rolling <laughs> a little bit for the Trojans. They go to a very good defensive team though Friday in North Central. Uh, I think that's a really interesting game to see if Center Grove can keep it rolling or if I, it might be a low-scoring game, but I think it would be a good one uh, up at North Central. And, and that Center Grove team, and just you, you kind of keep your eye on them and, and know that they're going to just keep getting better and better. Well, you mentioned uh, you're not a guy that hates low-scoring games, and that <laughs> might be a game for you to circle on your calendar. Uh, uh, not saying that either team can't score, but but North Central really has a tough, gritty defense. They really do. I, I, I enjoy watching them. They have a lot of guys back from – uh, last year with Thomas Branu and Michael Brown, Cameron Brown on the line as well. I mean, they got, they got some guys that can really play. Uh, and Coach Kevin O'Shea really has those guys fired up uh, defensively. They just got a big win against Lawrence North last week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they, they finally started putting some points on the board, which which really helped and, and stopped, uh, stopped putting themselves behind the eight ball offensively with turnovers. So uh, it's a team that's starting to come alive here late. Uh, Center Grove, like you mentioned, kind of found itself a little bit again, got its footing. Uh, uh, literally, with, with their run game going, with, with uh, Mitchell Evans and Daniel Williams uh, coming out strong, and uh, Taven Jackson, and we've seen his maturity uh, just grow every single game, uh, and he's kind of been thrown into the fire right away. I mean, when you play Warren Central, New Pal, Carmel, right away in the first three games, then Ben Davis. I mean, it, it, I can't think of a tougher stretch in, yeah. in all in all of uh, Indiana. So, uh, Center Grove, we know, is going to continue to get better. We, we know that at, at any point they can break a big run on you. Uh, we kind of saw that in the third quarter against Ben Davis. They scored 21 uh, in three scores just like that. It's a whole different ball game, and Ben Davis kind of licking their wounds. So uh, Center Grove, definitely a team to keep your eye out for. Uh, a lot of talent that we know is just going to continue to get better and kind of perfect their craft, especially with uh, having Taven Jackson back there. And I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it, Center Grove is running a spread offense at some point, and I love it. <laughs> it. It's a little bit different, for sure, than what we're used to seeing out of the out of the Trojans. Uh, another game, maybe the luster a little bit off uh, the east side, west side uh, game because Ben Davis has gone through some struggles here. They're one and three uh, going into the into the game, the home game against Warren Central Friday night. Uh, but again, it's always a game of, of uh, you know teams that have gone against each other for so long. Good rivalry between those two. Uh, obviously, a lot of a lot of state championships. What what eighteen state championships between the two of them? Uh, Warren Central, I think, obviously is the better team this year. Uh, but you never know in this game how that can go. You know, the, I've seen I've seen crazy things happen in this series before, and Ben Davis certainly capable of rolling up the offense if they can keep from turning the ball over. 
and uh, and and ha- they have to be able to stop Randy Wells in the run game a little bit yep. too, and that'll be a key uh, for this game for sure. I'm sure Warren's going to try to run it at them as long as they can, as much as they can. So that's a game on the radar, definitely. I think it's always a game in in, uh, in Central Indiana that people look forward to. Absolutely, that's going to be our McNetwork game of the week this Friday. Uh, we're excited to go out there, 95th. Uh, annual Circle City Showdown between East Side versus West Side. A uh, rich history there. Uh, I'm going to be doing a piece on that uh, this coming week. Uh, kind of just just talking a little bit more in depth about that. You mentioned the 18 state titles between them. Uh, always some of the legendary coaches that have come through the game, uh, and then how they've they've dominated decades between these these two teams. But this year it is a bit different. Uh, ben Davis doesn't necessarily have uh, uh, the the prestige coming into this game that they've had in recent years. Uh, they have the talent. It's just a matter of putting it together. Uh, Coach Simmons has his work cut out for him with, with those guys uh, and, and getting them back on the right track. I think Ben Davis just has to learn how to win games again. Uh, they're in them all the way is it through a first half and just got to learn how to finish them out. But there's plenty of talent there, and uh, when it's a rivalry game, you know they always say you can throw the records out the door, especially with Ben Davis. They've done nothing more to get this season back on the right track by uh, having Warren Central, a team that could be number one in the rankings uh, when the showdown goes goes down to – to come to the west side and get beat they would love nothing more than that oh absolutely and that'll be a fun game friday night and uh you know just a selfish plug a little bit i wrote about <laughs> randy wells last week last friday and uh, kind of a cool story he's been uh you know his mom was shot when he was six years old and raised by his grandparents and uh what great they let us into their house last week very uh very very cool family uh you know tight bonds and and randy very open about you know talking about that and how much it means to him to to have that uh you know that that family uh by his side and his grandparents been a big part of his life uh, growing up obviously in their in their home so um he's he's one of those guys i always like doing those type of stories you kind of get behind the scenes a little bit and and tell more about them what's just going on in the field but uh, he's definitely somebody to watch on the field though too on friday night he's, he's an excellent player for warren central uh, elsewhere in the mick on friday uh lawrence north goes to carmel and uh, logan i think carmel might be starting to find its stride they're a team that i'm you know kind of curious to see here hopefully soon uh dylan downing starting to get it going in the run game and, and uh that defense we know is very good they beat pike 24 to 7 on Friday and do- really dominated that game probably more than the school final score would indicate yeah. uh, based on the you know what happened in that game uh, well over 300 yards rushing and, and held Pike down pretty pretty well too so uh, the Carmel's starting to, to get it rolling a little bit now absolutely but I mean like you mentioned that game against Pike last week I was there watching that and and uh, there was a point where, where Pike was moving the ball and they fumbled right before half. They had a chance to tie it up uh, at 14 apiece uh, going into halftime. And, that, and when, when that fumble occurred, it really changed the momentum of the game. Uh, but still, Pike's defense is legit. They, they took care of business, held Carmel to uh, just a field goal in, in the third quarter there. And then a late touchdown by Carmel kind of put it away mm-hmm. deep in the fourth quarter. But, but Pike was playing right with them. But... Uh, they held him at, at the right points, but like you mentioned, uh, the Greyhounds, uh, there was there was a series where Dylan Downing starts out, he rushes for a first down, then they put John Rogers in, he rushes for a first down, then they put Zach White in the third <laughs> string, and he gets hit at the line and carries a couple guys five yards, and then 
throws a couple guys off, goes five more yards, and I mean, it it, it was amazing to watch these guys just just kind of run it down, run it run it down the gut every single time. You knew it was coming, but you couldn't stop it. Right. I mean, these guys these guys are really that good. And, and Carmel's offensive line, he said, they think they're really starting to gel. They're starting to work. Uh, Zach Osborne started uh, for Gabe Quigley, the senior who, uh, according to Coach Hebert, had a minor toe injury. We, we'll, we should see him uh, throughout the year uh, this coming season as well. So uh, I, I think I think they're starting to kind of figure it out offensively what their identity is, and they're really starting to rely on that run a lot. And why not? Because mm-hmm. you got three guys like that that could any at any point run for 100 yards that game. Uh, why not go to it? Yeah, Lawrence North, uh, this has kind of been a, a weird series over the years that you know Lawrence North has jumped up and, and, mm-hmm. and bit Car- Carmel a few times, and, they, and they're capable of, of mm-hmm. putting some points on the board. Uh, put 27 up on uh, North Central against a good defense on Friday. Wasn't enough. They didn't get the win. But uh, Lawrence North, the type of team that, that, you know, offensively, they can give you some problems. No, uh, absolutely. Lawrence North is a team, we mentioned the last couple of years, where they kind of like – they kind of they're like that that itch you just can't get for Carmel, where they're always sticking around in those games. And uh, Donovan McCauley knows taking a step forward, and Sheer Jones, and I can't wait to see Omar Cooper mm-hmm. uh, go go against some of the, those guys in the secondary to see what type of big plays Florence North is going to have. You got to think they're going to have something, even though Carmel's defense is really strong. You got to think they're going to break a big play here or there, especially spreading them out wide. That's where Carmel's defense. There might be just a little a little nick in, in the armor there uh, defensively if you can spread them out and, and really uh, let let your athletes go to work. And then the the fourth game in the mick uh, is Lawrence Central at Pike, uh, one and three at zero and four, and, and I'm sure both teams kind of you know itch, itching to get a win. Interesting game here because Jason Graves, the quarterback for Lawrence Central, was the quarterback at Pike last year. Uh, followed his dad to Lawrence Central. Uh, Jimmy was the coach at Pike last year and got let go. Now he's offensive coordinator at Lawrence Central. So uh, kind of a, a you know if you know the background at least, uh, it's an interesting game between those two Friday night at Pike. Absolutely, that that that's going to be a game where you got to think who's going to want it more. Who yeah. you know who who's going to want this? You got to think Pike's going to want to. See their see their former quarterback on the other side in a different uniform. They're really going to want that game. And and uh, Pike has a, has a really good quarterback in Anthony Sidella. He's only a junior, but uh, his numbers have looked good. He's really commanded his offense in every single game. I've seen improvements from him mm-hmm. as well. He he has six two. He's staying at one eighty. Only a junior, strong arm. Uh, he's a guy to kind of keep your eye on that could really run the kind of that spread option, hurry up offense that Pike has typically liked to run back in the Derek Moyers year. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I think Pike could get their first win of the year against Lawrence Central here. Uh, the Bears better be on upset alert. Yeah, LC's only win so far was that Lawrence North game, which they uh, seem to win every every year uh, for the last uh, 12 <laughs> years or so. Uh, so that'll be that. That's the mixed schedule for the week. Uh, we touched on some of the big uh, Hoosier Crossroads Conference games as well. Uh, Fishers at Brownsburg uh, primarily, and then Franklin Central uh, goes to Avon. Franklin Central's three and one, and seems like there's a, you know a lot of really good defensive teams this year. Franklin Central's one of those. Uh, their one loss though was to Brownsburg, and that one was pretty handy. Or Brownsburg won it pretty handily, so mm-hmm. uh, I would think Avon will be able to win this one. But you never know; the Flashes seem to be kind of having a bounce back season after the, uh, uh, kind of a rough first year in the in the HCC. No, absolutely. I think they, they've they've kind of figured it out now, and uh, 
And like you mentioned, defense is the name of the game for the Flash. They've always been pretty strong defensively, and, and it's going to be if they can keep up scoring-wise with, with Avon. I don't think this is going to be a 7-3 game at all, but uh, I, I think that's definitely going to be Franklin Central's goal is to keep it as low scoring as possible and uh, really control the tempo. Another big game to uh, watch. South, Southport beat uh, Gibson Southern, a game that was played on Saturday afternoon at Southport. Uh, they go to Bishop Chittard, who uh, took their first loss last week to uh, Cathedral, uh, 31-21. to uh, Certainly no shame in, in losing that game for Chittard. Uh, but this uh, sets up as an interesting matchup. Southport uh, 4-0 uh, on the season so far. And then, of course, they're 6A playing a 3A, but that 3A is not really a 3A <laughs> because Chittard's really, really good. Uh, so that could be a, that could be a really interesting game. I think Southport have been better defensively this year, uh, probably than they've been in the past. And, and again, always always a good offense. Ryan Lee's on the quarterback, good athlete, three sport guy, and uh, you know they'll be, they'll probably be up against a little bit at Chittard, But that sets up as a kind of an interesting game that you don't you don't see very often. A different non conference game. Absolutely, it's, it's one of those sneaky good ones that we always talk about on this podcast. Ones that just kind of pop up. Maybe they aren't headlighting, but you definitely want to make your way out there and, and check out the score and see what's going on. Uh, Bishop Chittard, like you said, I think is is one of the premier talents uh, in their class, and and really can they're they're the three eighteen that that doesn't play like it at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can ask Cathedral about it. Right. I mean, even though they won, it's always a tough game, and uh, they're going to give Southport all that they can handle. And uh, Ryan Lezon is is one of the phenomenal athletes that you see come through. It seems like Southport always has a quarterback and a receiver right. tandem that always <laughs> come through, and he's next in line. Yeah, and then uh, you know you take a look, Logan, at Cathedral, what they've done so far. They're three and one. Uh, they go to Cincinnati seeing Xavier, one of the best teams uh, annually in the in the Midwest, if not the country. Uh, so that'll be a tough game. But you know, kind of looking ahead, you know, regardless of how that game goes, Cathedral, you know, to me looks like a team that potentially could give uh, New Pal a tough game when you look way ahead in the in the possible regional matchup. Cathedral would probably have to get through Decatur Central uh, in the sectional, which they didn't do last year, and that ended their uh, 13-year uh, sectional streak. Uh, but Decatur, you know, I, I still think they're a very dangerous team uh, this year, but, but you wonder, could Cathedral possibly beat New Pal if that game happens uh, in a few weeks? And, you know, I think they've got the – we knew they'd be good defensively going in. We knew they had a good quarterback in Oren Edwards. And now they seem to be kind of that offensive line is, is maturing faster maybe than they thought it would. Uh, I can't wait. I mean, if that, if, that, if that game would happen, I think Cathedral New Pal would be a really good matchup. Oh, I mean, you can just say the names and know it without even knowing necessarily who's on the team. I mean, it's been a couple years since Cathedral's won. they got to be in a drought, right? I right. mean, it seems like after rattling off five in a row there in the early 2000s, I mean, they – They've caught in a little bit of drops. They've been bounced around every class because right. of how good that they've been, and now they've kind of settled in here at five A. That's definitely a matchup that uh, I enjoyed last year. You mentioned Cathedral and Decatur Central. Everybody kind of knew that that was that was the game that might determine who kind of goes to state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one that was that was circled. Uh, we could see that again, obviously, and and I agree with you. I think Cathedral, if there is somebody that can give New Pal a run for their money and, and kind of dethrone the King, uh, I think it's definitely the Irish. Yeah, and we always think maybe who's who's going to beat New Pal, and it ends, up, <laughs> ends up nobody does. But uh, New Pal, they they're kind of on the march right now. The rest of the regular season, they play Pendleton Heights this week, and uh, the New Pal, of course, four zero. Pendleton Heights three and one, but that's going to be a, a tall task for Pendleton Heights. Actually, the closest game New Pal had last year was Pendleton Heights. It was a twenty-one point uh, spread. <laughs> uh, but New Pal hung in there, or I'm sorry, Pendleton Heights hung in there against them anyway. Uh, they don't. 
they, they, they have a lot of guys back from that team, but they don't have uh, Eli Pankel, who's playing at Duke now uh, at receiver. But uh, but Pendleton Heights, has a, they're a, they've made good strides under Jed Richmond yeah. and become a really strong program here in the last few years. Yeah, I really like Jed Richmond. He was at Lawrence Central as well. Uh, I think he did a good job for uh, what was going on over there in a transition year. So uh, I, I think Pendleton Heights is definitely a team that always works its way up there and usually is pretty solid and I tell you what, uh, I don't know if I would uh, be bragging about you know only losing by 21 to New Pal, but it is kind of miraculous that that was yeah. the closest game that they had last year. Yeah, it really is. New Pal, such a juggernaut. Uh, seems like every year, every single year. We talked about Decatur Central, and I want to touch on their game uh, Friday night. Decatur coming off a, a good win. They're now two and two after an zero and two start. Uh, they take on Mooresville, who is four and zero, and and. You know, if you thought they were a one-year wonder last year under Mike Gillen, you're 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 mistaken because they've come back stronger, probably stronger in a lot of areas. They don't have a John Einman at receiver anymore, but uh, you know Braden Evans, who's going to Ball State, uh, he's still there. Uh, they've got a good dual-threat quarterback now. They've got a really big offensive line, and uh, I think that's where you see a program maybe take the next step is is their depth and size and just you know weight room work and i think that's where mooresville starting to you know turn the corner a little bit and it, and they're a really proud football program you know mark bless was there before he yeah. went to avon uh, had a good thing going there and then they kind of you know fell in some hard times a little bit and now they seem to be getting back it's a good football community uh you know i, I might be there friday i'm not sure yet but uh, we'll we'll see uh, but that should be a really good good test because Decatur's got athletes. Uh, you talk about guys like Kenny Tracy. Uh, can they slow him down? Uh, it looks sets up like a really big game in the Mid State Conference and uh, and kind of a couple different contrasting styles there. Yeah, it is kind of the the power versus speed battle uh, that that you see a lot in these ranks and. Uh, you know Decatur Central is always going to bring it. You know that they're a team that, I mean, they made the state game last mm-hmm. year and, and have yeah. a lot of pride in their program as well. But Mooresville's been been a good story, uh, at least uh, for a lot of the media people talking about them. I have enjoyed uh, following their run so far. And, and, and you got to wonder how long is it going to last for them? And, and, and is this uh, is this going to turn into a tradition? Is there a, is there a culture that's being built? Or, or is this going to just kind of fizzle up and go away? And only time will tell. But right now it looks like they're definitely on the right path. Yeah, and Mooresville is in 4A and ranked, uh, you know, really high. And in some, in one mm-hmm. poll, I know they're ranked number one. So mm-hmm. uh, Mooresville is, uh, you know, they're 4A. 4A is kind of a, a interesting. This they handled Greenwood, who might be the next best 4A team in the area, uh, 31 to seven on Friday. Uh, so it's a there's, I guess what I'm saying is there's an opening in 4A if they can Absolutely. if they you know there's a chance for them to make a pretty deep run uh, if they can put it together. Uh, Decatur Central is is Class 5A, so they're in the same. Like I mentioned, they're in the same uh, sectional with Cathedral. Uh, made it to the state championship game last year uh, under Kyle Enright. So so a program that's starting to build some tradition again. And uh, you know, I know we talked about this before that they kind of benefited. They used to be a small 6A since they went, or a small 5A since they went to six classes. You know, Decatur's been, a, and they were the first one of the first programs I thought of when they went to six classes. That this is going to benefit, you know, that smaller 5A now gets to play in 5A with six classes. So that's been good for Decatur Central. No, absolutely. And just touching on that class system, I think uh, for the most part it's been received well mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I think we've seen kind of some of just the, just the massive schools in Indiana have kind of separated themselves. A lot of the guys in Central Indiana have separated up there in the region and some of the. Uh, a few of the Fort Wayne schools that, that come about. 
I think it's made, definitely made it an evil, an even playing field and given some of those 5A teams a better chance at, at success and not to go against uh, teams or schools and programs that are twice their size. Right. Yeah, and so some of the other better games on Friday night, Garen Catholic goes to Columbus North. Uh, Garen Catholic 3-1. and one. They're coming off a loss to, Bur- to Burbuff on Friday night, 20-15. to 15. Uh, Cicina, their only two losses in the last two regular seasons came to Ron Colley. Uh, so they'll get a chance to play them on uh, Friday night at Manuel. Cicina's 4-0 on the season. Uh, Tyshawn Woods is just having an amazing season for Cicina, uh, both at running back and linebacker. So they're, they're, a, they're loaded again. Uh, Danville goes to Tri West. Uh, Tri West two and two. Danville two and two. That's a big game in the Sagamore Conference uh, this weekend. Franklin, a team that's four and zero. Greg Doyle wrote a nice piece about them uh, beating Whiteland for the first time in twenty two tries on Friday night. Uh, they go to Martinsville. That's a really interesting game. Martinsville two and two uh, going into that one. Uh, those are some of the bigger games, and I know we'll have uh, we'll break down a lot of this next week, Logan. What are you kind of looking forward to? I know you mentioned where you'd be Friday night. Uh, what do you guys come, have coming up on Friday, and and what are you kind of looking forward to this week in Week Five? Yeah, definitely East Side versus West Side. Warren Central going to Ben Davis, the Mig Network game of the week. Uh, I'll be out there covering that one, and uh, definitely a game that. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how Ben Davis responds uh, uh, to to losing to Center Grove and if they can turn it around and get this program going in the right direction with only one win on the season, uh, if they can take down the rival Warren Central. Uh, that's that's gonna be big time matchup that uh, I know I'm looking forward to. We mentioned Center Grove and North Central as well. Uh, I think we'll find out a little bit more about North Central if they've turned the page if offensively if they can put up some points against Center Grove. Uh, this was a this was a game that. They won last year. Uh, mm-hmm. That caught a lot of people off guard, and that's when re- people really started uh, respecting, I think, North Central's program last year was when, when they beat Center Grove. Uh, so I think North Central knows what the blueprint is, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell us a lot about the Trojans and the Panthers after that matchup. Exactly. Well, thanks again for coming on, and we will have uh, plenty of coverage at IndyStar.com. Again, we'll have our Friday night live uh, program uh, in the studio and then we'll be bouncing around to a bunch of different games Friday night uh, again uh, this week so that that should be a lot of fun uh, we're, we're already at the midway point of the season which is hard to believe the regular season anyway uh, still plenty of, uh, of tournaments games all the way through Thanksgiving but uh, we're starting to get there a little bit and I'm starting to get into basketball season sure. and starting to, wor- to worry about that a little bit which is uh, which is concerning probably for my health and everything else but uh, looking forward to that though it should be a lot of fun uh, it is fun it's all, it's it's all fun uh, football basketball crossover is, can be a headache but uh, but it's it's uh, it, that means we're busy. That means we're, we, yeah. we we have a job. So that's a good thing. <laughs> and the blink of an eye, we've already gone through a month of football. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. But so much good stuff going on out there. And uh, get out to a game on Friday night if you can. We've had, knock on wood, great weather so far this season. So uh, thanks again for joining us, Kyle Nedrip and Logan Hunt. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, for another Preps podcast.